right, let's get it. We are live here. What's going on? We got Brad, the Brad Chandler on here. What's up, man? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, you got to You got to You got to clean those up, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. When you get to be uh, 50 or or I'm not quite 50, you, you can't see so well anymore. The, the reading gets uh, tough. Uh, how old are you? I mean, you look like young, you know, young guy, like 40 years old. I'm 49. Okay, so you're 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 close there. All right, close to 50. Health, health and longevity are are really important to me. So I have a goal to live to be at least 110. You you exercise a lot? Do you do do all, a lot of exercise? All the time, all the time, and I eat all. You know, unless I'm in Jamaica, like I was the week before Christmas, I eat impeccably. <laughs> Dude, I want to know about that too because uh, yeah, I've been no doing sugars, the I've been doing the no carnivore, but I don't know if you've tried that. I mean, I, I eat no sugars. Uh, I, I stopped drinking almost two years ago. Uh, no processed foods. It's really just, you know, limited some, some fruits, really small amounts of fruits and then meats and vegetables. Dude, it is so difficult in the holidays. But I, for me, when everybody was eating, I went to Canada, my wife's Canadian, they were eating poutine and a bunch of awesome, like big chips. And oh, man, it's tough. Tough for me. It is tough. I mean, I uh, I quit drinking and smoking weed two years ago, and we'll get into that story in, in a minute. And um, but I got to tell you, being in Jamaica for five nights at an all-inclusive resort right on the ocean, God. it was really really tough not to drink or smoke weed. But I did it, dude. Did it. Congratulations, man. Yeah. I'm sure that is prevalent, especially all-inclusive. Like it's probably everywhere. Wow. Yeah, uh, everywhere, and everyone's drinking around me, and I'm like, man, I'd love a cold, really cold red stripe, and I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. And I didn't have any addiction issues, but I just, I just don't do it for health reasons. Like I said, I want to live to be 110. So that's that motivates you enough to be, your goal to want to live. It motivates you enough to be like, I, I'm not gonna even do a little bit, not even try it. So I mean, here's my thought process when I was in Jamaica. Um, I'm huge on sleep. Um, we could do a whole episode on sleep, right? Sleep is so important to your long-term health and your your memory and all kinds. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. Right. So I'm really big into sleep and alcohol and weed, which I didn't know this until the last couple of months, mess up your REM sleep. They don't allow you to get into REM sleep, which is one of the most important states of sleep. So I'm like, no, I'm just not going to do it because my sleep is really important to me. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, so people come home and drink a couple glasses of wine and think wine's good for them. It's not good for them. On any any amount of alcohol is not good for you. And it also it kill it kills your good gut bacteria. And in order to have perfect or good neural health, you've got to have the good gut bacteria, and alcohol kills it. So you know what's interesting? Like I I, I don't drink. I've never touched alcohol in my life. It's just because it's a religious thing that yeah, I'm LDS a Mormon. So that a lot of people they just say don't drink. And I thought, always thought it was a religious choice for a lot of people, but it's it sounds like it's a Probably is it religious or is it mainly a health? No, for me it's not religious at all. No, wow. it's health, hundred percent health related. And in, in my religion, it's not so much that like uh, it's like you're a bad person for doing it. It's health related as well. They they say that it's not it's not healthy. So that's that's why they why you don't do it. But anyway, cool man. Well, I'll let you I'll let you rip it, man. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got so much to cover here. So uh, for those folks who are on right now, um, this is for you, right? So if I can be of any assistance to you. Uh, this is why I do this stuff is to help help folks. So just uh, raise your hand, whatever you need to do, comment. Um, but this is for you. So give yourself a round of applause and say, yeah, yeah, I'm here, right? Um, I'm going to share some things with you, honestly, that can radically change your life because they radically changed my life. So be present, as my shirt says, stay present and pay some close attention. If you have any questions, let me know. We'll open up to questions and answers when we finish or right, towards, towards the end. So my story I grew up uh, in a house where my parents constantly fought and my father made fun of me, hit me with a belt. Uh, at age 10, he left. Uh, I can remember like it was yesterday. My mom sat me down on the couch. I think she thought I was going to be really upset and I, I wasn't. I was like, oh my God, thank God he's gone uh, because I was
was so tired. They're fighting and he was mean to me. So uh, when he left, he stopped supporting myself and my mom and my two sisters. And at the time, uh, she had three dollars. My mom had three dollars and 43 cents in her checking account. I remember that she because she's told me so many times as an adult and uh, he wasn't paying the mortgage. So she two jobs and we thought we were going to possibly lose the house. And she had told me as a 10 year old, Hey, we might have to move into public housing. And she was a nurse that used to visit public housing. And I would go with her because we didn't have the money for babysitter. And there were shootings there, right? Not when I was there, of course, but in my head, it was Charlottesville, Virginia. It wasn't the Bronx, but it didn't matter because all I knew was Charlottesville. I knew public housing and I knew killing, right? So it was a really, really, really scary, scary time for me. Go to ninth, fast forward to ninth grade, a couple of years. I read a book on how to buy real estate with no money down. Looking back, I think why I know why I read that book, and I'll get to that towards the end of the presentation. So let's fast forward to 2002, and an investor bought my neighbor's house in, in Vienna, Virginia. And this house was like a freaking wreck. It was a, it was like a recluse. I never saw the guy. And then I look over a couple months later, and the house is all fixed up. So I go over and talk to the uh, investor, and he goes, yeah, I buy houses with no money down. I fix them up, and I resell them. And I'm like, ooh all right, I didn't know you could do that. I don't, don't remember that book. That book talked about like, I think putting money down and renting. Like most people think you right. get rich in real estate by renting. That's what I thought. So that was about November or December of 2002. I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I started, my son had just been born in July. I'd come home at six o'clock from a full-time job. I'd spend from six to eight with him from eight to, to 11. I would be banging weed by house designs on telephone poles. I'd be handwriting hundreds of envelopes. I would be going to RIA meetings. They didn't have meetups then. And Week after week went by, month after month went by, no deals. And every freaking day, I'm like, I'm going to do this. Because if I go to the RIA meeting and I see Sally and Johnny and they're telling me about their $30,000 wholesale check, well, actually, I didn't, didn't talk much about wholesale back then. Mm -hmm. Their renovation, their, their, their profits. I'm like, wait, if they can do it, I can do it. So if you're a new investor and you're like, oh my God, that sounds familiar. It took me until July of the next year. So eight long months to find my first house. Someone called my wife at the time's magnets on her cars that said, we buy houses that I put on there. And I bought three houses from that one owner. In July and August, I bought six houses total. Mind you, I started with a negative $80,000 net worth. I had no money because I went to graduate school. I bought six houses in July and August. I think I had in October, I think I might've had $40,000 in the bank from some of these deals. Still had negative 80,000 for, for the debt for the school. I came home and I told my wife at the time, I go, I just quit and I'm starting Express Home Buyers. And she's like, what? We got a newborn son and I've got two kids. Like, what are you doing? I was like, it's going to be fine. And here we are uh, 19 years later in 4,000 houses and it was fine. Wow. So, are you looking back at that? Are you just impressed by by the will that you did, like the fact that you didn't give up? Like that's nuts. I mean, you know what? If if someone asked me my success trait, that would be the number one thing for success is is just the persistence. Because look, we'll get into this in a second. Like the business is is going really well now, but it always hasn't it hasn't been that way, right? Mm -hmm. And no matter what happened, even we're going through a tough time right now in terms of the market. We're like, all right, we're gonna figure it out. We're not gonna quit. Like I got nothing else to do. Um, I do now, and we'll get into that later with my coaching. But yeah, uh, uh, no, it's persistence. So, so I just kind of did what I thought. Like I need to succeed, so I just kept working. I just kept working. Wow, that's impressive. I, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people, and you know, it's it is impressive the people that keep going after they don't see success. And but you know, some people quit pretty pretty easily. So that's awesome. You didn't. Yeah, so, I mean, what, what in life is easy, right? And we're gonna get into some like really emotional things here in a, a bit, like uh, about how the way people think and stuff. But but what what in life that's really really good is easy? Name me one thing. You, you, 
fits. You want to you want to have great health. You want to look like a supermodel. You you want to you want to be super smart. That's like everything is hard. So just know that. And if you want to be, you know, I don't know what your definition of success is, but if you want to get to where you want to go, sometimes it, it takes some work and it takes some pain. Is there is there really nothing in this life that's worth it? That's easy. Like I'm trying. I was trying to think. Do you, do you have anything? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, so so if you if you think about like free stuff, like love is free. Uh, but that's hard too. Relationships are hard. Loving yourself is hard. We'll talk about we'll talk about that in a second for sure. Right. So let's go to January of 2021, and I am attempting to get my son help for anxiety. And I'm on a Zoom call like this, and the lady says, within the first couple of minutes, you have a tick. And I'm like, you know, do I have a tick on my body? She's like, you. Anytime you talk about your childhood, you blink profusely. You might have some unresolved childhood trauma. Do you want to come out and work with me and my ex Navy SEAL husband here in Utah? at Park City, actually. Um, and I said, of course I do. So I went out there and in literally a weekend, really three hours, my life radically changed, radically changed. Uh, we went back to my childhood and we found the places where I had some stress or some trauma and we figured out what are those stories around those stress that I told myself. And here's what happens. When something bad happens to a six-year-old, that six-year-old says, the brain has to do its job, right? And say, why is this happening? So the six-year-old is like, I must be bad. I'm keeping this really rudimentary because it's just, it doesn't have to be complicated. But that's basically what it is. Something bad happens, the six-year-old says, I must be bad. So that's exactly what I did. So for 47 years, I lived a life thinking I was, I was bad and not worthy. I didn't wake up and tell myself that, Nathan. I, I didn't wake up every morning and be like, you're a schmuck. Those things were buried in my subconscious mind which is the part of your brain that controls most of your, of your behavior. And we don't even know it. So those, those thoughts caused the following behaviors. So are things, two behaviors that led to two failed marriages. I can remember having miserable times in my, in my marriage. I can remember lying, lying in bed, not being able to sleep till like three o'clock in the morning because my ego wouldn't allow me to, you know, say, Hey, I'm sorry about what I just did to you. I can remember her coming to me and saying, Hey, something's wrong, turning it on her. And then, you know, cutting off my affection for three days. I'm like, this is this sucks, but I didn't know why. It cost me five business mistakes. It cost me $9 million. It cost me the use of alcohol and weed to change my undesirable state because it made me feel better about how I thought, right? It created business chaos for me for 15 years. It caused me to constantly compare myself to others. It caused me to constantly uh, judge myself and others. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you because someone who's listening to this is in the same boat. Do you know that 30%, less than 30% of people in the United States define themselves as truly happy. And why is that? And why is the divorce rate 60% for second divorces, 70% uh, for third divorces? And why are 3% of marriages truly happy? Why is it that the U.S. spends a people in the U.S. spend $150 billion a year on illicit drugs and $158 billion on alcohol and $4 trillion on what they call the escape, the escape economy? It's that we're all trying to escape our current state that we don't like. You following me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's exactly what I did for 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 forty seven years. So, what's the cause of all suffering? It's these untruths that are buried in our subconscious mind that creates behaviors that don't serve us. So, and these thoughts cause us lack of self love and self compassion, which, in my opinion, is the cause of ninety nine percent of everything bad that happens in this world. Name a problem, and I can pretty much assure you that you can trace it back to an individual's lack of self love. Everything in this world. Give me a problem. The war in Ukraine, the prisons being fold, child abuse, addictions, obesity, you can all tie back to a person's lack of self-love.
So your, the question I asked you is what self-destructive behaviors is your self-conscious mind driving you to do? And you don't even know why you're doing those behaviors. So if you're sitting there like I was uh, three years ago listening to this, I would have been like, who is this guy? Why is he on a real estate show talking about self-love? And dude, I love myself. That's what I would have told you. If you we went on the show, Nathan, you've been like, do you love yourself? It'd have been like, yeah, man, I love myself. Yeah. Would you? And you said, do you care what other people think about you? Like, no, I don't give a shit what other people think about me. But that wasn't the truth. And the untruth is what makes us suffer, right? So I created this quiz. And if anyone wants it, just literally email me, brad at bradchandler.com. And in the subject line, just put self-love quiz, Nathan. I'm going to go through some questions here. And I want you to ask and answer these questions in your head. Brad, before you I go mean, through those, can I ask you a quick question? Sure, dude. Sure. So when you started realizing that, you know, these, these, the trauma that you had uh, was impacting your life, like people could look at your life and be like, oh, this guy's living the dream, right? Weren't you crushing it? Like, or are you are crushing it? Absolutely. Had, had, had a yacht, had a, you know, multiple houses, had a luxury car. People are like, dude, this guy, this guy's got his shit all together. I thought I had my shit together. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went through it. And I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, the destructive stuff I did trying to prove my worth to the world. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I'm, if you see, I got a little passion around this. This is why I was put on this earth and this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And this is why I want to live to be at least 110 because I want to help so many people get the freedom that I got. I was literally and figuratively born again. I promise you, like my whole life is different. And I didn't know if someone would have told me three years ago, Hey, you're not that happy. I'd have been like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. So now the, the you know, good, good segue into here's some questions you can ask yourself. Have you experienced deeply connected, passionate, intimate relationships with someone that you felt safe with? If the answer is no, I jump from one bad relationship to the next, sign of lack of self-love. Do you find yourself judging others on a regular basis? If you do, sign of sign of lack of self-love. Do you judge yourself on a regular basis? Do you talk negatively to yourself on a regular basis? No self-love. Do you find yourself getting super frustrated with small things that others may not get irritated over? Your dog pees on the carpet. Do you go in, do you, do you, you know, your kid knocks something over. Do you, do you go in fear, you know, in this, in this rage, like I can't believe this happened. Do you take things personally and frequently get upset by pe other people's actions? Another sign that something internal is no good. Do you have an addiction of, to anything? Alcohol, drugs, food, gambling, sex, shopping, pornography, working too much. It's a sign of, I don't love myself enough because I'm, I'm destructing myself. Uh, I'm doing these addictive things. Do you have self-destructive behaviors? You may not be an addict, but do you drink too much? Do you eat too much? Do you, do you involve yourself in risky, uh, risky sexual behavior? Any of those things, sign of no self-love. Can you cope with mental pain, fear, or sadness without turning to substances to make things better? If the answer is no, you've got to cope with those things. Hey, it's another sign. Do you put others' needs before your, yours regularly? If you're always giving to other people, it's a sign that, hey, I need to prove myself. And ironically, one of my mentors, Gabor Marte, has a 600-page book on this. Most of the women he sees with, with the bad breast cancer are those women who give, 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 give everything. So being a nice person doesn't always pay off. You need to start being a nice person to yourself. Do you often feel guilty or ashamed? Another sign. And then finally, are you able to handle criticism from others without getting super upset? If you get super upset when someone criticizes you, it's your subconscious mind saying, see, you aren't that great. So I got to fight. I got to fight. So again, if you want this quiz and you want to actually get a score and see where you land, just send me an email. I'm, I'm going to have it on my site in the next couple of months. But for now, brad at bradchandler.com, just send me an email. Put self-love quiz uh, Nathan in there and I'll send it off to you. Dude, I love that. That quiz is sweet because as you're going through it, I was thinking about it. And I'm, I, I, I have recognized that I struggle with a lot of those problems. And a lot of those that I've conquered throughout my life through being 
you know, going through certain situations, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that. I, I mean, I, maybe, maybe most humans go through that period of struggling with those things. Yeah. I think there's going to be very few people that could get a hundred on this quiz. Right. I, I have to tell you that um, if I took this two, three years ago, a lot of my answers would have shown no self-love. Now, all of these answers, am I perfect at all of these? No, but all of these uh, I would answer in the affirmative to yes, a lot of self-love, if that makes sense. Well, I, I want to kind of engage with everyone that's in here and that, that are watching on the stream. Um, have, have you guys, Jeannie, um, B. Evans, Jermaine, Nathan, have you guys struggled with any of that stuff? I'm assuming you have, but what, what you guys can talk, by the way. I mean, this is kind of open, right, Brad? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm here. This is for you guys. Yeah, we're, we're here to kind of work with each other. So, who? I mean, you guys don't have to tell us what you've been dealing with, but I mean, who, who kind of feels like that's happened to them? Feel oh, free to. Me, definitely. My uh, my husband and I, we have a healing center in New York City. So um, he's a um, he's an intuitive healer, um, acupuncture doctor at acupuncture, and has a lot of different um, trauma modalities. So um, yeah, it's really interesting because I I listened to your um, when the last time that you were on the show, and I remember that I wrote down um, that was the first time I heard of uh, Gaber Matei. Gaber Matei, yeah. Yeah, that you spoke about. Yeah. And it was really interesting because um, he was watching a documentary on him the the other day. And I started listening to it and I said, oh my God, it's like, it, it's exactly where like I'm at, like in our relationship right now, because, you know, he keeps doing this deep work and he's not addressing, you know, a lot of that responsibility from, you know, mother feeling responsibility um, for her happiness and stuff like that. So it's really splashing over into my relationship. In fact, we're like speaking about divorce right now because it's like that bad. So uh, uh, what is your first name? Jeannie. Jeannie. So I really appreciate you you, you speaking up and being vulnerable. Thanks, um, Jeannie. Re really appreciate it. Uh, does your husband want to change? You know what? Um, I think I, I don't think, I, I think he's had so much opportunity too. And I think it, it's just, he, he can't. Yeah. Cause if he wants to change, uh, he can change for sure. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a process and what I'll get to in a second, but I mean, you know, you just have to go back to your childhood and you have to look at these lies that, that we all tell ourselves and, and tell ourselves the truth. Right. Did you, did you say he, that you guys own together a, a trauma center or, or a health, wellness center? Yeah, I mean, we we opened it together like at a different location like ten years ago, mm -hmm. and um, I I do a lot of different modalities, but it's not my you know like I just do it mostly as a hobby. I'm very right. good at like ancestral clearings, and I'm trained in a lot of different modalities, but I don't do it as as my profession. We have like sensory deprivation rooms there. We have a pocket. For I think she broke up. Huh? Okay, so she she's gonna like. Um, yeah, I'm going to tie in something that she just said. It's really your interesting. message. So, your message is perfect for for what's going on, right? Yeah. So, um, so does anyone want to guess why I owned a hundred houses at any given time over these last twenty years, and and why I read that book when I was in ninth grade? Uh, can any can anyone tie that back using the subconscious? So, I mean, I I can if you want me to go. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear. It. Lack of self love and trying to probably. Uh, you know, trying to prove yourself. You're trying, you probably thought owning lots of houses made you, everyone think you were cool. Absolutely. So that was one thing, but, but, but what I was thinking more is that my subconscious mind drove that behavior. If I moved into public housing, I may die. So what's your one thing in your, in your, uh, what is the subconscious brain responsible for? It's keeping you alive. It doesn't care if you're happy or sad. So to me, I'm this 10 year old boy and 
if I move into public housing, I might, I may die. Why would I have to move into public housing? Well, if my house is taking taken from me. So if I own a bunch of houses, I won't have, I won't die. I'll be alive. So my subconscious mind drove my behavior around that. It drove my, my behavior around business mistakes. It drove my behavior. Two years ago, I bought a yacht, um, a 42 foot yacht. I'd never owned a boat in my life. And I'm like, I'm going to take this to the Bahamas. I didn't even know how to read a chart. Uh, I made it to the Florida Keys. And then I had my transformation. I went and got the boat and brought it back. Now I love boating. So that was the one, one thing positive. It also, um, it, it, it also allowed me or, or led me that subconscious to, to pick my two wives. Uh, my two wives were very much like my father who created my trauma. And then just countless other things. So unwhole people. And unwhole people, people, I mean, is someone that I used to be. Someone, someone who lacks self-love is what I call unwhole, right? I don't like to use the word broken because none of us are broken. We're like a pizza, right? You can't have a broken pizza. It's, it's more unwhole. The pizza is there. We just don't have the whole thing there. So an unwhole person who deals with this stuff is always going to go find another unwhole person, right? They're not going to find someone who's enlightened. And then guess what they do? They have unwhole offspring. And then we just repeat this. So, Jeannie, you were talking about um, uh, oh yeah, I'm definitely in a, generational a, a modality. mirror relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so what what we're involved in is we're involved in this multi generational curse. Our parents didn't wake up one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to screw up little Johnny." They screwed us up because their parents and their parents and their parents. And this is no blame. This is not to blame anyone, but it's to shine a light of awareness on your situation. You have to see that most of us had this invisible prison that we're locked in from childhood. And the only way that you can change is through awareness. So you have to be aware. You have to go back and look. And the greatest gift that you can ever give your child is to break this multi-generational curse. And how do you do that? You, you do that by, number one, first starting to love yourself and have self-compassion. And you do that by going back to the modality that I use, Jeannie is um, I use hypnosis. So in the third session of a, of a five-week program, we actually take two hours and we do a hypnosis session. And what does that do? It allows me to tap into your subconscious brain that is the driver of all this crazy behavior. And so when we can, when we can talk to the subconscious brain, your subconscious brain is so powerful, it knows the exact reason and the cause of, again, why you eat too much, why your marriage is shitty, why you use drugs, all this stuff, you ask your subconscious mind, it's going to know exactly what it is. And so we dive into, into the subconscious mind, and then we use something science. It's called neuroplasticity. You have been telling yourselves, we've been telling ourselves all along, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I don't belong, I can never get what I want. These are all just lies, right? So neuroplasticity is just basically listening to a recording that I make at the end of the hypnosis session, and then you listen to that in an alpha uh, wave brain state as you're going to sleep each night, and your brain is literally capable of growing new neural pathways so that you can believe something different. And that's what happened to me. I went for 47 years of saying, I'm not enough, and that subconscious mind driving all of this negative behavior, all the millions of dollars of losses, the, the drug and alcohol, the, my, my two failed marriages. Now I've reprogrammed my brain to believe the truth, and that's like, you know what? I was enough. I always was enough. I'll always be enough. And that's the same story you have. You're enough. You always were enough. And you'll always be enough. And when you can believe that truth, everything in your life will change. But how, what do you do, like, for example, um, you know, I, I know it's about awareness. And so my son turned my son turned 18. He's 18 today. What do you do when you see now, you know, <laughs> all that damage that, uh, you know, 
has been done and him in a very, 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 very bad state. And then, you know, just also there's some physiological things going on with him. So everything's like, no, and, you know, aggressive and everything because of, you know, some chemical stuff that's going on, which we're trying to address in his body. But um, so then what do you do with that? So you have got to, when, when clients come to me and they talk about their kids' uh, issues, I always tell them that if you really want your kids to heal, you've got to do the work yourself. Um, if you go, let's say that you magically sent your son away to a treatment center in, in, in my house. Let's just say he came, comes to my house for a week and, and I completely transform him. If I put that child back in the same environment that caused this without any anything changing, he's going to revert like that. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing I tell people is if your kid has behavioral problems or any type of like mental health issues, the first place you should look, go, go to your bathroom mirror and look in the mirror. Now, again, this isn't to blame. This is you and your husband did the best that you could do, given what you know. Now you have a new sense of awareness. So you have to start by getting yourself healthy. I, I have two kids. I've been a single dad for 11 years. I have a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old. Both of them have behavioral issues. So what am I doing? I'm just continuing to pour out my love and continuing to get myself better. I now know exactly the cause of their problems. They know exactly how to fix them. Now it's just a matter of when are they ready to actually do the work and, and, and change. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, I mean, it, it gets a little complicated because my, my husband now is not his father, but um, but he lives next door. Uh, we live in New York City, and he's one apartment building down, so it's like a four-minute walk, but it's 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 very uh, difficult. So this is a book. This is a 600-page book I referenced by, by the person you mentioned, Dr. Gabor Mate. Sorry. Yeah. And a couple things about what you said about your son's chemical thing. Um, him, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate and, and this uh, Harvard, well, let me tell you about what G Gabor says. Gabor says pretty much everything comes down to unmet childhood needs. When I say everything, anxiety, MS, cancer, uh, a personality disorder, anything you can name, it comes down to our unmet childhood needs. Judith Herman, who was a, was a uh, Harvard uh, psychologist, wrote a book back in 1991 that said there's only really one psychiatric, psychiatric diagnosis in the world, and that's complex post-traumatic stress syndrome. So your son, most likely, unless he's the one millionth of 1%, wasn't born with any chemical imbalance in his head, in his brain. His issues are directly a result of the trauma that he endured through his childhood. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Totally. Because so, there's very few, I mean, they can't, the pe doctors want to tell you that you have like depression or different serotonin levels. There's no way to test for that. So if there's no way for a test to, how, how, how can they ever say it's a chemical imbalance? It's not a chemical imbalance. It's the well, coping it's not, mechanism. It's not a chemical imbalance, but it's just like, you know, like um, they can tell like in your blood um, and also like they did uh, some genetics that they can see, you know, like, for example, he has the gene where, you know, he doesn't process alcohol well, right? He doesn't detox alcohol well. So, you know, if he goes and parties on the weekend, you know, for four days later, it's really like affecting him, you know, things like that. But also, um, he's not getting enough nutrition in his body. And um, so nor, is my, in, nor is my son. All he, yeah. all, he, all he eats is like processed foods and yeah, and meat. Yeah. Oh, no, he doesn't eat. So, I mean, there's just like, and you know, and then, you know, like a doctor thought he had limes and, and a lot of all this other stuff going on in his body. My son, my son has so, lime. So we're trying to, we're just trying to balance all that out. But because right. I tell him to take something physically, um, you know, he's against it. And I've done a lot of like woo-woo stuff with him when he was little. So now, like, 
anything energetically. He's just like aggressive. Yeah. My best advice I can do, I can give you is to for the caregivers in his life to do the work and and try try to get yourself as healthy as possible. That's the best thing you can do for that kid. Yeah. So it's not too late then, Brad. Oh, it's never too late, dude. Never too late. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. It's never too late. <laughs> that kid could have a marvelous. Every one of us was were put here for massive mission. It's really really hard to define your purpose when you're struggling for your self-worth. When I figured out my worthiness and stopped telling myself lies, my purpose came to me right away. I know I was put here to do this work. And so that's all I spend my time on now. If I'm not spending time with my kids, I've, I've read 40 books in the last two years. I've studied under th what I think are three of the best people in the world in this in this business. Yeah, and my purpose is clear as ever. Dude, I love it, I love it. And actually, because of your recommendation, I, uh, I've been reading that bad boy, Scattered Minds by uh, your your mentor amazing book uh, talking about raising you know raising and being present when you're around people which is uh which is amazing well i'm glad you brought that up because that book is one of gabor's the whole book is is on add right add and adhd yeah. and if you go to the doctor what do they want to do with your child they want to label them diagnose them and feed them drugs right and he's like he's like your ch child was not born with add your child was not born with adhd what happens when that six-year-old I, I shit, I probably have I, I had a I had a chemistry teacher told me I have I had a three second attention span. So when my when my dad's hitting me with a belt, what, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna be like sitting there like laughing, enjoying it, being present? No. My mind is my mind is gonna my mind is gonna disconnect, it's gonna disassociate, is what the terminology is. Yeah. I'm not gonna be there. Like I'm gonna be like, I need to protect myself. I'm going elsewhere. That's all that is. I mean, you're reading the book. I've not read the book yet, but I've, it's, I've heard yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly what you're saying is you disassociate as a defense mechanism that your brain and it, and it develops that way, right? So, and Gabor talks about, is it Gabor? Is that right? Or, yeah, Gabor, yep, Gabor so, Matej. So Gabor, he talks about how um, you can actually learn to pay attention. It's not like something that's gone forever. It's like you just have to, to relearn how to uh, be present, pay attention. And that's something I've had to do. And uh, before I have kids eventually, I really want to be able to be there because they say when child rearing and grow, uh, raising kids is you really you got to let them know not without even saying it you got to show them that you want to be with them not you know just in the same room that's how i grew up a lot it was just a lot of being in the same house and that's kind of what i think everybody was taught like hey if we're in the same house not interacting or being present with each other that's fine and then i got married to my wife and i'm in the house and she's like, hey, can you connect with me? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm in the other room. Like, what, what's going on here? Like, I, I, and I was thinking she was needy. But as I've been reading books and going to therapy, it's like, oh, wow, like you, you really got to be present with people in order for them to, to you to develop that that love and connection, especially with children. So it's a really good book. Yeah. And Gabor has an amazing book that he wrote with his uh, son, um, his adult son called like holding on to your kids. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend anyone who has a child or is going to have a child read that book because it tells you why all of our kids are so messed up. But but go let me let me step back. You said something that was really insightful. You said you've got to relearn to be present, and that's what really ADD is. Well, here's the deal: is trauma takes you out of the present. Trauma keeps you in the past. So thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, when you when you shook that bush and the lion bit your arm, your subconscious mind is never going to forget that. It doesn't because it, again, it needs to keep you alive. So if you get near a bush, you don't shake the bush again, right? So your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between yesterday or when you were two years old. So for you, Nathan, and for anyone, for but I'm just going to use you as an example. Mm -hmm. If you haven't done the work. If you haven't gone back and done the work in terms of identifying uh, what your pain was and what your story was from the past, 
you are still operating in a fight or flight mode. So most of your thinking is tied to the past. So the number one way you become present is you detach from your past by, by telling yourself the truth that I no longer need mommy's love or if daddy hits me with a belt, he's never gonna hit me again so I can break from this fight or flight mode. And for people who are in business, neuroscience says that 75% of the time we're stuck in this fight or flight mode because of all of our past traumas. So right. think about how, how, how creative could you be coming up with a marketing postcard if you had a lion chasing you? <laughs> you couldn't, right? So if you're, in a, yeah. if you're in a state of 75%, and one of the ways a hack around that is UCLA did this study where they had participants and they put they hook them up to brain waves and they showed them pictures of people in different states, mad, angry, sad. And when they showed them the picture, it immediately triggered their fight or flight uh, amygdala brain, right? They then asked them, can you please describe what you're seeing? And as soon as they said, I think Sally is sad, it flipped them out of their fight or flight because their thinking brain, their frontal prefrontal cortex had to kick in and it flipped them out of there. So what do I teach my, my clients and my students or anybody is when, when you have a negative emotion, one, first of all, embrace it because it's your body's alarm system saying something inside isn't right. So embrace it, pause, identify the emotion. Don't say I am sad because you're giving it an identity and identities last. Say I am feeling sad because feelings come and go. As soon as you say I'm feeling sad, your brain is going to go from fight or flight into the thinking brain. So it's going to calm you down. And then no matter what the, what it is, you need to have compassion for yourself because most of us as kids didn't get compassion when we, when we tried to show our emotions. We had to stuff them down. Depress, that's where depression comes from. So pause, identify the emotion, give yourself compassion, and then you can look at where did this emotion come from? Because every argument that you have with your spouse, your girlfriend, your significant other, it has nothing to do with the actual argument at hand. It's that brain, that subconscious brain going back to the shaking bush. It's going back to a time in your life when someone made you feel a certain way, and now you're bringing that story into the present. <laughs> So yeah. I've got the, I, I create this emotional tracker. If you go to bradchandler.com forward slash tracker, you can literally use this, you make a copy of it and keep it on your phone. It's a Google doc and you can literally track it. You can track your process, but on the top of it, it has everything I just said. It's like, you know, pause, identify the emotion, give yourself compassion, figure out where it came from. And then if you have a spouse or a partner that is into healing and growing, this is a great time for you to say, Hey Sally, or Hey Johnny, um, what you said to me just made me feel this way. Can we process it? And then when you process it, you not only heal yourself, but you grow closer together as a couple. Because let me tell you, I, I went to enough marriage counselor sessions to know this. A marriage is never about, the, the problem never resides in the relationship itself. It's always the relationship that each party has with themselves. That's what destroys marriages. Wow. And relationships. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's crazy. I'm going to take your, since you're in the discord uh, with the group, I'm going to take that link and put it next to your, your, uh, your name and stuff. So people can like, I'm going to start doing that with resources. So I'll put that in there for you. The tracker, right? Bradchandler.com forward slash yep, tracker. Emotion, emotional tracker. It can change your life. If you use it, um, it can change your life. And if, you ha if you're using it and you're like, well, I, I have trouble here, schedule a call with me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. Wow, man. You've been dropping some great gold nuggets, uh, gems for us. I see Nathan. He's smiling. I think he's having a good time. <laughs> I've had to keep myself on, on mute because I like love, I, I didn't really know too much what, what we were kind of you know, going to be going in deep on today and, and really chatting about. And I mean, you know, from the start, when we were talking a little bit about health, I like, oh my gosh, I love to jump into that. And then, you know, everything to talk about with the self-love and oh my gosh, I, I could just listen for, for kind of hours on, on this topic. Cause I think it's so 
powerful. And it, it took the funny thing was I originally, when, when, you know, especially when first getting into the real estate where I was always like, nah, oh, come on. Do we have to talk about it? Like, I just want to hear what's, what's the strategies, you know, what's, what's the business, you know, what's this, what's that. And then it took me a really long time to realize, no, 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 no. This is the most important stuff because this, this is the foundation that impacts everything. You know, if it, if, you know, when it, if it comes to, you know, relating it to, to business and, and real estate, you know, the, the actions, behaviors and the habits and, and kind of all those things that incorporate, you know, how do we kind of achieve whatever result we're going after? It starts with exactly what you're talking about, you know? Yes. So, so when people aren't getting the results they're looking for, it's not like, Oh, do I need to change? Like, do I need to do postcards instead of cold calling? It's like, go all the way back to, to hear what you're talking yes. about. Yes. Yes. The, <laughs> the, the, the Navy SEAL that took me through the ex Navy SEAL that took me through this, you know how it started. He was coaching CEOs and they're like, what's wrong with my company? And he goes, nothing's wrong with your company. What's wrong is you between your ears. So check this out. In my shift now, in these last two years, I, look, I don't need to prove anything, right? And that's where you get your, your, your freedom from. When you can be your authentic self 100% of the time, because you don't, I don't care if people judge me now, because I know it's there, they're judging themselves, not me. So I have shifted from, I've got to go make a gazillion dollars to prove my worth, to no, I don't need to prove anything. I want to make an impact in this world. So everything in my company has shifted. My team has shifted. My culture has shifted. I'm trying to make an impact. So I'm coaching my, my folks. You know, one, one virtual assistant of mine had, had anxiety terribly. She, she would sleep like two, three hours a night. She had terrible migraines. She had a bad relationship with her husband and her, and her son. In three one-hour sessions, it completely changed, right? So what I'm getting at is that I made a shift from going to try to make a bunch of money to, to prove my worth to how can I make an impact? And we just had one of our best years financially in what arguably his last quarter was like the worst quarter in, you know, in 10 years. So think about this as an entrepreneur. A lot of us get into entrepreneur because we want to make a lot of money. Money will not bring you happiness. Nothing outside of yourself will ever bring you happiness. You have everything that you need right now to bring you happiness. So once you can make the shift of you are enough and believe in the truth, first of all, everything in your life will change, but you'll look at your business in a different way because for 17 years of my business, I created chaos on a daily basis. Let's go to this market. Let's try this new thing. Let's do this because one, I was trying to distract myself from not liking myself. And number two, if I could only do that, if I could go to Virginia beach and open this market, I might be worthy. Did I wake up saying that? I started a Keller Williams team in 2008. You know what my goal was? to be the first agent team to do a billion dollars in, in a year. Now, looking back, I see why. What kind of harebrained idea was that? So what did I focus on? I focused on top-line revenue. We got to be the number one Keller Williams team in North America, and guess what it cost us? It probably cost me a million dollars, and we shut it and we shut it down. So these are the all of these things that I'm talking about, about your behavior is driven by thoughts that you don't even know why you're doing these things. And the best way to, to figure those out is through this process of hypnosis where we, where we access your subconscious brain. Brad, uh, when you talk about hypnosis, I don't know anything about hypnosis other than it sounds, I'm just not trying to be rude. It sounds wacky. Yep. Um, <laughs> is, is that a, is that something that you felt or were you like completely like cool with it? So my goal is to be the, 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 the best, if not the number one transformation coach in the world. Why not to make a bunch of money, but because if I'm the best, it means I'm helping a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. So I am going to do anything in my power and in my toolkit. I'm going to put anything in my toolkit that I can, I can think can help. Uh, psychedelics, if they become legal and, and I think they'll help, I'll look into that. I'll, I'll become certified in that. Hypnosis, um, what most people think of hypnosis is, you know, if they were at college or at a high school and the guy goes in stage and the, you know, the, the people are on stage chasing the mice around, it's nothing like that. Human beings all have the ability. By the way, I don't hypnotize anyone. They hypnotize 
hypnotize themselves. It's called self-hypnosis. That's kind of a, a misnomer. When you're driving your car to work every single day, when you're in the shower, not thinking and just washing certain parts of your body, that's like a hypnotic state. So all we're really doing is getting you into a focused, deeply relaxed state so you can clear out all the noise and you can focus on your subconscious mind. That's it. All I'm doing is putting you, there's no like, you know, fall asleep. You're going to be none of that. It's just, you get um, in a deeply relaxed state so we can, we can access your subconscious it. mind. Okay. I thought it was like with the hip, the, the little, whatever no. that thing is, the watch. No. <laughs> the metronome. Cool, Brad. Well, I mean, uh, we're coming up on the hour. I, I think I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, and I want guys, everybody that's in the uh, in the Vester Thrive Mastermind, our group is. I, I want Brad. I want you to come back every month where you can kind of, if you're open to that, and just keep giving us gems. And and my goal, Brad, is to spread your message too, because I my my uh, what's it called the the mastermind that I'm making. It's I want to put experts in front of everyone that they normally wouldn't be able to get in front of. And, awesome. and be able to push them to uh, to you. I, I mean, just today, Jeannie, uh, you can you know you can work with with Brad if you need to. I mean, all yeah, of us no, can. I so I, I think I, this, I was actually looking. Uh, I needed a hypnosis session uh, like a month ago, and someone introduced me to um, someone where I wanted to do hypnosis, but it was it's it's turning out to be more like more NLP. It's with um, the head of the NLP of New York uh, group. And um, yeah, so I'm not really resonating with it well. So I'll definitely be in touch. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Yeah, so I appreciate you being there here, uh, Brad. I think uh, your message is sweet. Well, Nathan, you're an inspiration, man. You you were you were one of the true like givers. You were working. I can see how hard you're working to make your you know your students successful. So if I can help, uh, I tell you this is a huge part of it. Let me tell you yeah. because what real what is success, right? Um, success isn't making a bunch of money. If you think success is making a bunch of money, look at Michael Jackson. Look at Prince. I could go on and on and on. All these people who had millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and they're dead because. They were miserable. So the greatest thing is, is happiness and freedom. And the only way you can get freedom is through self-love and self-compassion by turning around these untruths that we tell ourselves every day. Amen. I think that's, I agree with you. And it's it's true. Like like me, the driver and your driver, it's not money. It's like uh, influence, right? If it's uh, bringing Impact. a great message. Impact. There you go. Does anyone have anything to, left to say to Brad they, they want to add before we dip uh, head out? I do. Um, how do you, what's the best way to get a hold of you then, Brad? Just through Facebook or? Um... Uh, Brad bradchandler.com uh okay. you can schedule a call with me there and i i do social media posts every single day of the year i probably missed five total in like two years if you go to bradchandler.com forward slash contact it has all my social media platforms there awesome i just need to help with procrastination and getting a focus and things like that in my life this is brandy yep so hi brandy so procrastination or or is is really tied around um not wanting to be wrong, the, the feeling of I'm not enough, because if I go do that thing and I fail, then people will be able to judge me and say I'm not enough. Yeah, so what what I'll also do is in the Discord, I'll put his, your contact info. Any contact info you want me to you put, Brad, I can put it uh, near your... your yeah, Brad at bradchandler.com, the email. And by the way, that contact form has every... I mean, it's even got my cell phone number. So if you need help, call me. So, I'm, I'm here to help. So the best way, again, is just through um, bradchandler.com? That's it? Yeah, forward slash contact has everything. Okay. My cell phone, my email, all the social media sites. It's a Linktree um, uh, link. Okay, uh, bradchandler.com forward slash contact. Yep. All right, Brad. Well, hey, we'll can see you. Can I just ask one question? Of course. Yeah, go sure. ahead. If, if you have like the 10 second answer, so what's your take on like the disorganized papers? 
You know, I, I, I don't know that I, uh, so if you look at my desk at work, I'm pretty disorganized. I don't know that you, we can tie that back to any okay. childhood untruths or anything like that. Okay. I think okay. some people are just are, are neat. Now, if you want to go the other side of that perfectionism, people are like, oh, I'm a perfectionist and people like wear that with a badge of courage. No, it's no good because all that is, is trying to prove like you're perfect and tr prove that you're, you're enough. And so, yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a great question, but I don't think it ties <laughs> There you go. There you Thank go. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, that was awesome, Brad. We'll see you next time. And then, uh, right, like I, I put all your contact info. So, catch you guys later. Awesome. And uh, we have so, one other call later today. So, see you guys there. Thank bye. you, Nathan. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. All right, Nathan. Dude, that was crazy. Dude, Brad is the man.